Right, Maureen, we are back with another exciting instalment. Two episodes we're talking about today. Yeah, but this it's two episodes in one instalment, Maureen. Yes, that's it's, true. It's a two in one, so uh, I'm still correct <laughs> in that the introduction of this podcast is, it's just one podcast with two episodes. But anyway, you've ruined the introduction, Maureen. As usual. Uh, it, was, it started out smoothly, but you've ruined it. But let's pretend that you haven't interrupted me and we'll continue... <laughs> Oh God! I'm in one of those. The rest of the podcast. I'm in one of those moods. I had a phone call with my mum, and it's really set me off. <laughs> right. Welcome to Droughtlander. I am Joan Brister, and I'm Maureen Younger, and this is our podcast, Droughtlander, where we discuss the ins and outs, the comings and goings, the ups and downs of our favourite show, <laughs> Outlander. Outlander. Oh, we can't get enough of this program. In fact, last night, Maureen and I, even though Maureen had seen it before, twice. watched. We'd seen it twice before you watched it with me. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Oh dear God! Just in case she missed that's anything. That's too long. That's another. That's another podcast. Um, Maureen and I watched the uh, last episode, which was episode whatever of Outlander. But uh, we are going to discuss episode ten and nine, eleven. Have we not done nine? We have done nine. Well, I don't know. Whatever the last two podcasts is, Maureen, I don't know what the... Whatever the last two episodes is. Is it 10 11 or is it 9 We're doing 10 11. All right, okay. Well, I expect you to know that. It's bad enough you make me watch this bloody show. Don't expect me to know the numbers of the episodes as well. Right. Okay, so we're at 10. We're on Deep Heart's Core. God. I don't know what that means. But anyway, the Deep Heart's Core. And it starts off with Jamie telling Brianna that he knows that she's been raped. Oh, do you remember that scene? It's quite a nice little scene. Is it a nice scene? Well, I mean, they deal with it. They deal with it nicely. They deal with it well. Perhaps I should it's better better say. And he, he, she's blaming herself. Yeah, he, I mean, I mean, the way he dealt with it was an interesting way to deal with it. Well, he just, you know, he didn't no psychological backtrack. He just attacked her and said, "You can't get out of this. I could kill you." Well, basically, he goaded her and said, "Oh, uh, is, this, is this not your fault? Uh, maybe you led him on. Maybe you wanted it." And then uh, she, gets she angry. obviously he does this to rile her up, and so she gets angry, attacks him. When he literally grabs her, holds her in a sort head, of head headlock, lock. and says, "Get out of that, then! Get out of this! Can you get out of this? And um, can you escape? Can you do more? What could you have done?" And she's like, "Well, I can't get out of this." And he's like, "No, nor could you have got out of the other situation." So, so you don't can't. stop blaming yourself. So stop blaming yourself. Which I mean, the end result was good, but I mean, she's very vulnerable, and I didn't think, <laughs> "Where is this going?" <laughs> But let's face it, it's the 18th century. They don't know... Freud hadn't existed by then. And there was no psychological trauma or PTSD. Um, They just... Got on with it. Got on with it. You've been, uh, you know, assaulted. Here's here's some actual facts that you need to deal with. I mean, you do make the point, and you just see the realisation on her face. I mean, he's still a very forward-thinking man for the 18th century. (laughs) I mean, he does want her to get married, which obviously you would need to do in those days if you're having a baby, so... Yeah, you had to. You had to have a. Baby well, he's practical. Yeah, he's practical. He's what she. She can't go out and get a job. No, and you know you, you, the baby would be a complete social outcast. So she needs to get a. Get, a husband. Get he needs to get a husband. I mean, to be fair, in the sixties, America, you would still need to get a husband yeah, yeah. if you were, had a child out of wedlock. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's only really recently that that's it's been okay. Yeah, yeah, and even then, people are still like, "Go, when are you going to get married? When are you going to?" Chloe and I get this all the time. When are you going to get married? When are you going to get married? <laughs> When are you going to get married? <laughs> oh, you are married. Okay, never mind. Never mind. That's just her mum. But anyway, uh, and then it pays actually. <laughs> she doesn't have that voice though. Um, and then Roger, of course, is still with the Indians. Yeah, I mean, really I mean, rubbish time. I mean, he's really unlucky. This guy, poor isn't Roger. He? I, let's not forget that the man was violently assaulted in the last episode. It was the last episode. It's got a few bruises. I mean, but like, not just like got punched in the face and, oh, I better, you know, think about my action, but actually violently physically assaulted. He probably would have some kind of like serious concussion, head injury, definitely maybe even brain damage. Uh, But if he actually recovered that, which he obviously has because it's the outlander, he would be suffering from trauma. He'd be suffering from flashbacks. He'd have some form of PTSD, but not Roger. No. He's got a little piece of string. (laughs) That's keeping him going. She's really keeping him going. (laughs) He's having to walk hundreds and hundreds of miles in those trousers. That would cause a spreeth on your thighs, wouldn't it? Because they would rub for sure. Um, Probably not very good boots. Uh, he's uh, anyway let's go back so 
Roger has been captured. He's now a slave of the Mohawk, this poor chap. He is uh, bound and being dragged along by a horse, pretty much. So, uh, And they've walked... How far have they walked? I don't know. They're walking across America. They're walking basically across America. Basically, they're walking from North Carolina to, to New, New York, York State. State. <laughs> and we don't even know where in New York State. So it could be as far as almost Canada. <laughs> it's a long walk, basically. It's a long, it's a long way to go. So the point is, is that he should be dead. But he still wants to get back to Brianna. And despite the fact that he is suffering from terrible trauma... I personally would have been over Brianna by now. Wouldn't you? I'd be like, sod her. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't even go out of the Oyster Zone 6, to be honest. But You uh, don't even like it. I mean, you, I mean, Maureen's in Brighton today, and honestly, we've had to get oxygen masks. <laughs> the promise of free food, that helps. Um, well, So while Roger's suffering, uh, uh, Chloe, uh, Chloe, Chloe, uh, Claire's in doctor mode. <laughs> not my, not my, not my girlfriend. My girlfriend's not in it. Um... Claire's in doctor mode uh, saying if uh, Brianna wants a, uh, an abortion, she has to have it now. But this being the 18th century, she can only have it without anesthetic. Surgical abortion without anesthetic. She can have a surgical abortion without anesthetic, or she can have some sort of herbal stuff, which will uh, may or may not no, work. No, she goes the herbs. She hasn't got the right herbs. It's got to be the uh, surgical stuff. Yeah, but she did suggest it. She said yeah. there are two ways you could do it. The herbal way, which wouldn't guarantee you an abortion anyway, might kill you and the baby, or might not kill the baby and make you really sick. But, and I don't have those herbs anyway. What a relief. Claire, thanks for the offer. But, but I no. can operate without I anaesthetic. Can. Uh, but if I do, I'd have to do it now. Uh, and if you have the baby, you're going to have to stay because yeah, you can't, you can't, can't take a baby, a baby through the stones. stones. So now Brianna has to stay in the yeah. 18th century because she decides to keep the baby. So now we know that Brianna isn't going to go back through the stones. What an idiot! I mean, ah, uh, because also they don't know the, the stone. We find out that the stones in America. They think she's going to go all the way back to Scotland, which would take like three, four months anyway. By which point she'd be quite, quite big. The whole thing is it's a it's a nightmare. It's whole, a nightmare. And then it gets worse because she's having nightmares. And then Lizzie, I can't keep my mouth shut. Wenis tells her that Roger was already there. That the man she was thinking. She finds out, doesn't she? She goes, "Oh, but he was here. But we got rid of him." She went, "But you, but you never saw the man who attacked me." Oh, yeah, I did. The man that was in the pub. And then Brianna puts two and two together. And, and makes five. No, she makes four, four this time. She and realises that they got rid of Roger. And so she's not that happy about it. Jen's going off. She's I've just going off because I've got a cramp in my foot. Uh, Jen, so, uh, you take over because Brianna is not very happy about this, is she? Brianna is livid. Absolutely livid. I like the fact she punched. It looks like she gives him the right punch. She punches Jamie. She punches Ian. She doesn't punch Lizzie, which, I mean, to be honest, I thought she probably could do with a slap. That'd be me. But um, she's absolutely livid, isn't she? She's, um, she calls her father out. Yeah, she, she goes for Jamie. And uh, he's... Um, but he says something pretty mean to her as he well. He goes, oh, he thinks he's, she's made all the rape up just because she's pregnant. He goes, what, you, you bedded him for lust? Right. And what she's really indignant about. Um, he's got no problem with Claire bedding him for lust. But um, he doesn't like, that, obviously, the idea that his daughter would have sexual uh, desires. And you've just pretended to be a uh, be raped and everything. And she goes, "I was violated," and then she thumps Jamie, gives him a right good thump. And then she, when she finds out he's been sold, she goes and thumps Ian. And then when Jamie goes to lose his temper, I like this, but she goes, "You do not get to be more angry than me." Yeah, well, when he finds out that it's Stephen Bonnet, and now he is really cross because he realizes he's made a terrible error in beating the living daylights out of Roger, and he let Stephen Bonnet go, in the and first let place. Stephen Bonnet go in the first place. So Stephen Bonnet was the person that is responsible for really screwing them up in so many ways. Um, he get he gets cross, and then Brianna says exactly what more he just said, which is, "You do not get to be as cross as I am," which is fair enough. And uh, she storms off. And oh, no, Claire but first, livid. No, but first you know goes, I've forgotten most of this. Jamie thing. goes, I will find him and bring him back to you. I promise that as your father. And then Brianna says, the one thing that will really hurt Jamie, you are not my father. My father would never say anything that you, would never say the things you said to me. He would never do the things that you've done to me. You're just a savage. You're just a savage. Which, yeah. to be fair, is partly true. Uh, you know, they're both kind of cross and saying mean things to one another. Uh, and also, you know, the best will in the world, and if Jamie's still a stranger to her. Yeah. You know, he, they're, they're I think, uh, father by blood, but you can't, you can't, you can't, cre you can't recreate that relationship that she had with, with Frank. Frank, which 
he was her father and looked after her from the but day also, she was born. They were quite good in this episode because before this big Ferrari happened, you had little scenes of her and the father getting really close and it looked like things, as we know now, when things look like they're going well, something disastrous is going to happen right any minute. So they were building up a bond. So I think he thought, obviously, that this bond is being built and now it's completely... Yeah, but the bond will never be the same as the one that she has with her dad. No. So, but uh, anyway, suffice to say, they say horrible things to one another and uh, what happens next morning? <laughs> well, basically, um, Brianna tells Claire she's got to go with Jamie because she doesn't trust Jamie or Ian. Uh, and just point out. No, that no, Claire's livid as well, though. Yeah, Can yeah. You talk about that. Oh yeah, Claire is angry. Claire is so angry with she's Jamie. Not, she's not actually saying anything, which means she's really angry. But she's so angry, and also a bit of her probably, if she's being she... honest, is angry with herself but because not saying had anything. she told Jamie that it was Stephen Bonnet that had done it. None of this would have ever happened. But she promised her daughter not to tell Jamie. I mean, the irony is... Claire never never normally keeps a secret. The, well, the irony is Claire can't keep a secret. <laughs> and also, Brianna wanted, uh, didn't want um, Jamie, to, Jamie know. to know, so he wouldn't go and do something stupid. But by not telling him, he went and did something even more stupid. Which is with the wrong person. With the wrong person. And then uh, Brianna's like, Claire, you, to Claire, you've got to go with them because, you know, if Roger sees them, he'll run a mile, which to be fair is true. And I don't trust them. And Claire's like, I can't leave you. You've got to have a baby. Well, this whole bit starts to get on my nerves, if I'm honest. I mean, I think, you know, we're trying to justify Claire's decision because obviously uh, giving, giving birth in the, in the 18th century was very dangerous. Listen, you wouldn't leave your daughter to exactly. give birth. At this point, Claire's like... Um, no, well, actually, to be fair, Claire's like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's why they had to I, make it I, I'm not going anywhere decision. because, you know, you, you, uh, you're going to give birth and I need to be with you. And let's face it, the, the biggest, you know, the closest thing a woman comes to death is, is, pr- giving, is birth. giving birth, right? So at that point, Claire's like, I'm not leaving you. And Brianna's like, I mean, Brianna is a bit bonkers because if I was Brianna, I'd be like, yeah, yeah so you are staying. I'm straight. You're not going anywhere, love. <laughs> You're a doctor, I'm pregnant. You're the only one who really understands. It's the 18th century, I'm pretty sure nobody here knows what the F is going on, you're staying. But anyway, she doesn't. She Brianna tells goes, you've got to go. Why does she Why does she have to go? Well, because she says she doesn't trust them. You have to go because I don't, I don't trust, trust Ian and Jamie. Jamie and to do... Anyway, the whole I mean, thing, so, the yeah. whole thing's so stupid. And, but, and at this point, right, no one's like, oh, where's Brianna going to stay? Just stay in the woods on her own. No, no, they say she's going to go with Angela Castro. No, but for a while, there's this whole discussion about how Brianna's going to stay in the woods until Jamie... Says she can't Because stay. Brianna is happy to stay in the, in the middle of bloody nowhere. Bearing in mind, she's from the 20th century. She's only just learned how to feed a goat. How on earth is she going to survive in the wilderness... <laughs> do all the farming. ...in 18th century America and do all the farming and all the crap... Anyway, and she's pregnant for sake anyway anyway moving on Uh, (laughs) the whole thing just really pissed me off then then uh uh as an afterthought uh mercer suggests no 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 i think he's told mercer no they ask he asked jamie asked mercer take uh, oh oh, right go to auntie castor mercer will take you so and then in another wood a bit further up north of of them uh roger Roger. with his trousers and a piece of string (laughs) and uh, the other the other prisoner white prisoner dies and then he gets so he's been he's there's roger and another chap who um he seems fairly jolly yeah he seems all right he seems fairly jolly uh, beginning of the episode, you think he seems like a fairly jolly chap. Uh, later on, he's dead. Anyway, he dies <laughs> very quickly. Um, to be fair, he had been struggling for some time to do the walking bit. He's dead, uh, and uh, and then they just drag the body away, don't they? This com- this comes this comes important in the next episode, and then um, and then so he's the but they do the 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 the, the, the Mohawk bury him, yeah, kind albeit of, in a very shallow grave. Shallow grave. And uh, so Roger's like not looking very happy. And then meanwhile, but he's got a piece of string. Let's talk string. a piece of string. <laughs> so let's not. We can't he's marking the days. He's, mark- he's looking at all the because oh, they're very good at looking at all this, oh all the what's it landmarks, which is just he- trees. This is hilarious. <laughs> Basically, he's just going through what just like forest. Forest. I mean, how you could? And he's like, what? Because when the guy was alive, he's like, what are you doing that piece of string? He's like, I'm marking, marking the, day, the days, so I know how many days it's taken us to get to here walking at the speed that we're walking, which is quite slow, uh, and I'm looking at the landmarks. Which are trees. Oh, look, there's a couple of leaves here. <laughs> oh, look, there's a root. I must remember that root to my left. Uh, don't forget, there's a mound of earth here. I mean, what kind of bloody, uh, you know, landmarks he's finding on this journey? Anyway, Roger, 
Um, he's still heavily scarred, but but looking quite upbeat. Um, seemingly not suffered any trauma emotionally from having the shit or being sold into slavery. Or being sold into slavery. He's still <laughs> relatively positive. Um, <laughs> And also, it's very different from his life at Oxford. I mean, very different from his life at Oxford. Uh, but his feet seem to be fine as well. I mean, yeah. no blisters, nothing. No, doesn't. I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Very weird. I mean, I, I literally the other day I had to walk. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I decided to walk from where was where was I with you? And I walked. Oh, I walked from the I walked from Leicester Square. Okay. To Blackfriars. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did. I walked from Leicester Square to Blackfriars. About 20 minutes, half an hour. About 20 minutes, half, yeah, about 25 minutes it was. And, uh, oh, my feet hurt. I got on the, tra- I got nice on the train. It's a lovely walk. I got on the tra- especially at night, actually, mm. when you see all the lights. I did it at daytime. Oh, no, it's beautiful at night. Anyway, it's actually almost quite romantic. But then you realise you're on your own, and it's one o'clock in the morning. You're absolutely shattered. But you're with the person you love the most. Uh, well, I was, actually. I was with myself. Um, <laughs> anyway, and I literally half an hour walk, got to the train, Oh, I had a blister. Did you? A little bit, yeah. Is that I trained on my boots. They do rub a bit. My point is that uh, no blisters on Roger's feet, <laughs> having walked for months <laughs> through forest. Uh, probably not the greatest footwear. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so uh, back in uh, in River Run. Uh, River Run. River Run. River Run. River Run. Brianna, it's quite hard to say River Run. Isn't River it? Run. River Run. You do it in a Scottish accent. River Run. River Run. River Run. River Run. Um, it's our Scottish accents. Uh, Jocasta arrives with Murta, and of course, um, Jocasta remembers Murta because he used to fancy his her sister. Do you remember? Yes. So Murta uh, presents himself to Jocasta. Jocasta obviously can't see. She's blind, but she remembers Murta. She's very fond of Murta. I remember your hands. How do you remember my hands? He says. Oh, because they were always all over my sister. You creepy bastard. <laughs> But she says it slightly more politely than she that. She says it slightly more politely. I just remember your hands, and wherever my sister was, there were your hands. And I thought, oh, what does that mean? Anyway, men, eh? No, they haven't changed, have they? So, then, Myrta introduces Brianna as Jamie Fraser's daughter, and Andrew Castor seems to take this in her stride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, like, oh. she's never, never mentioned a daughter before. No mention of the daughter before. No, no, didn't know that she existed. Had, didn't ask her where she's been or what she's been doing. Where have you been, dear? Oh, I've been in the 20th century. That didn't come up. And also, Brianna's quite straight about it. She goes, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. Like, she doesn't hide the fact. Oh, I'm pregnant. Brianna is, like, really misunderstood the deal of the 18th century. She's a bit like Claire, though, isn't she? Just says... Well, just... Brianna, in every way, is lucky because she gets to say things that you wouldn't even say probably then in the 60s and people just go, in the 18th century, oh dear, never mind, we'll cover it up for you and help you. No one goes, you slut, you whore, how dare you, know, you, how dare you turn up on my doorstep and shame, the family shame my family and sully my name. No, uh, I'll just, I'll just goes, goes, I'll okay. find a dress to fit you, you love, you're welcome. and we'll find your husband. You're welcome. Yeah, no one, I mean, everyone's very laissez-faire, chilled out, relaxed, laid back about the whole having a baby out That's of wedlock. No, no dramas there at all. Brianna doesn't even seem to realise how lucky she is, because she's still stroppy as hell. Yeah, ma'am, yeah. And then it ends with Roger escaping... Roger escapes the Mohawks, doesn't he? Oh, that really horrible bit with the rope round his... I thought his wrists were going to come right off. Anyway, he escapes. They don't manage to track him down, even though they're Native Americans. They Anyway, he managed to escape. And then, just by luck, he finds a landmark, doesn't he, Jane? Oh, my God. There's what a buzzing. This landmark? There's a buzzing. There's a buzzing, right? You think, oh, he's found a bee's nest or something. Whatever, a wasp's nest or a beehive. He's there. There's the buzzing. You don't see his face, but his face lights up and you think, honey, that's what he's found. He's found some honey, but no. What is making the sound, Maureen? It is the stones. There's another set of stones in America. Um, Who knew there's a set of stones? Look, I mean, there's... (laughs) I just... So the cliffhanger is... It's not really a cliffhanger because we know he won't. But the cliffhanger is... Will he go through the stones? Yes, go through the stones, Roger, you lunatic. Go through the bloody stones. It's either that or slavery for the Mohawks. Like, Mm. what are my two options? Go back home to the United States, 20th century, we're going to have a nice hot shower, or... Mm. I stay and stay with in slavery with the Mohawks. The inevitable death. Just certain. Or very slow death. Very slow but certain death. Now think about it. 
uh, podcast listener, what would you do? And what we think has happened, because they tease us in the next episode, which is... No, wait a second. So that's the end of that episode. Yeah. And we start the next episode with Roger in the shower. So we think, he's gone back. He's, he's got 20th century indoor plumbing. Oh, and a hot shower. And a hot shower. Beautiful, warm shower. Oh, he's oh, gone back. Oh, he's lucky lad, we, we think. We get very excited. And then suddenly we see a mohawk in his bathroom. And we're like... Hang on a second, that don't make sense. And he's not. He's fantasising about the shower, but he is, in fact, being recaptured by the Mohawk because he's an idiot. (laughs) He's in love. We're supposed to imagine that this is what men in love do. Yeah. I mean... Oh, my God. No. 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 Come on. No. No. No, they don't do that. So, anyway, Roger is still with the Mohawk, and we can see that... um, they and basically the guy says something but, in very good English. Don't try and escape again. But on the plus side, he is in a different outfit. Oh yeah, he's wearing some red Indian slacks, isn't he? Yeah, so, which is definitely an improvement. Well, which makes me think he might end up becoming a, an Indian. Oh, you think? Well, you're not supposed to say Indian, are Native you? American. Native American brister. You see, that that stuff stays with you from childhood. We used to watch a lot of cowboy Indian movies. Cowboy Indian movies. Oh God. Anyway, yeah. so this, so this mohawk. Um, so he's wearing kind of like a mohawk outfit now, and he looks. Oh my oh, God. So much better. So much better. It's like, and and he's got a beard. Oh yeah, he's growing his beard. He's grown his beard. His hair's got a bit longer. He almost looks a little bit gaunter, like he's lost a bit of weight. I mean, he would be emaciated at this point, but anyway, it's they can't really. That's quite, walking. that's quite a lot of a big demand of an actor. Could you lose four and a half stone? Unless you're Christian, you actually unless you're Christian like Bale. Or, yeah, unless you're Christian Bale. What's that uh, Irish uh, Michael Fassbender? Daniel Day-Lewis. Fassbender. Oh, Fassbender. Anyway, so he, he, he's not method, but he does look a little bit better now that he's Yeah, the only time I did method acting was when I had to eat a lot of cake. Oh, in pastry, yeah. That was really... when I went, I think method acting's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> Although even you said the cake was stale. Yeah, after a while, after a while, do you get a bit stale? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Claire, and, Claire and Jamie don't really feature a lot in this episode, unfortunately. But Claire, Jamie and Ian are on the, their tracks. Even though they've got no navigational equipment, no sat-nav, obviously no Google Maps. They just happen, Ian just happens to find out it's the village is called something, Shadow. No, because he speaks to some yeah. other Native like, Americans. Yeah, you still wouldn't he, know how he speaks to, get there, to the Cherokee. No, Shadow Lake, Spy Lake. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a band away all over again. So <laughs> where's a band away? It's just there, mate. <laughs> just up there. So basically, <laughs> Jamie and Ian don't own a compass, uh, don't have a map, but they're following they're following the tracks. But they have an instinctive sense of direction. There appears to be only one track. <laughs> From there to, to there. my heart village. It goes from it goes from wherever they are to wherever they need to get to. <laughs> it's really handy. I mean the track never diverts. <laughs> There's never a left or right. It's just a straight track. Yeah, it's about I could follow that track. <laughs> could you? Yeah, even I could. I could even Maureen could, and Maureen's got no sense of direction. In fact, spin her around as you probably go back the way she came. <laughs> Check it out for landmarks. But uh, yeah. but fortunately, Maureen can check for landmarks so she'll figure out after looking at three routes in the wrong direction. To oh, she's gone the other way. Oh. So Claire and Jamie, their relationship's a bit stilted, isn't it? Ian's trying to get them to so, talk. So the other thing that you don't get from this, and I only got this because Maureen's read the book, <laughs> is that this journey that they're on, both for Roger and for uh, Claire and Jamie and Ian, isn't just a couple of days. They've been on the road for what weeks? Yeah, months. Yeah, months. You don't get a sense of that, do you? So, but you, there's no sense of that in there. So uh, this is the problem with this because they've got so much story and they can't really spread it out. They've condensed so much. The storyline's far too quick. So the, we keep getting information. So Ian keeps saying things like um, Roger's two months away, or the, yeah, the destination yeah. of where they get to get is two and a half months away. And when you watch the show, you're like, but hang on a second, you're only three days behind Roger. <laughs> Surely, and given that he's walking really slowly, you'd catch him up in no time. There's the, the, like the whole time, the time, thing, the doesn't time thing doesn't make any sense at all. But anyway, thanks to Maureen Younger, we know that they are at least six weeks apart in terms of uh, how how long it's been from the walking. Yeah, they're they're well behind, aren't they? They're never going to catch up until they get to the until village. they get to the village, which is going to take them. Yeah, it's not made clear if you just watch the TV series. It's going to take them two months. You do forward. find why don't they just race ahead because it's only been a week and yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. This is outlandish. It's, it's not just, meant to make it's sense. Just I mean, one of the many things in this bloody show that makes no sense. Anyways, anyway, Maureen, well, you take over. We're back in River Run, and I really like the actress. I can't remember her name who plays Fedra. Um, 
who's who's one of the slaves in this. She's she's really nice with great Scottish accent. I don't know if she's Scottish, but the accent. Well, if she isn't Scottish, she's got an amazing accent. accent. And, and she's um, she's telling Brianna that you know she's got to get a new dress. Her her aunt is holding out a dinner, and basically what happens is this dinner, this soiree. No, let's let's carry on. Stick with Fedra. Fedra. Oh, Fedra, and uh, Fedra's trying to get. Her, and she's very Fedra's very excited for Brianna, and then Brianna's like, I don't, I, mean, I don't want a dress. Don't want a dress. And then she says, I don't want to go to some stupid dinner. Don't want to go to some stupid dinner. And then she goes, Oh my god, the light on your face. And she starts drawing Fedra, who, to be fair, is a beautiful model. So um, she starts drawing Fedra, which uh, will cause some. So look, but let's go back a bit. So before she's drawing Fedra or Fedra or whatever her name is, um, uh, uh, we see Brianna has been sketching. She's been drawing. She's been drawing lots of faces. Her inner horror. In her inner, her inner terror, horror, fear, whatever. It's all coming out. And Lizzie. Gordon Bennett, she rocks up and sees these kind of like you're charcoal, charcoals, and like, oh, I'm, you've been possessed. And, she, and Brianna's like, like, I haven't been possessed. She's like, I haven't been possessed. I'm just, this is helping me. I'm drawing chill. Cathartic. Yeah, it's cathartic, you know, chill your boots. Then Phaedra comes in and she's like, gets excited about this party she's going to go to. We've got a dress. The dress is going to be changed so that it hides your pregnancy. Yada, yada, yada. And then Brianna does a Claire. <laughs> Forgets that she's a slave. Forgets all of the uh, social conventions. The social conventions that surround. Forget that if she was caught doing this drawing of her, or if there was a drawing found of her, God knows what would happen to this. And also, girl. it's the slave that's going to get into trouble. Isn't exactly. It? So, what's going to happen to her? So she says to her, "I want well, to draw you," and just sit down. And she's like, "Why do you want to draw me?" And Brianna goes, "Because you're beautiful," which she is. And the girl, and, this, and her face brightens up. Fedra's face, which you know, she's probably never been told that. Does she? She's never been given any. Um, compliments or well you wouldn't would you well, she's a slave yeah. for heaven's sake so she's not even seen as equal or human uh, anyway so <laughs> Brianna is you know so anyway Brianna sketches Phaedra then then this party happens and uh, uh, so the party happens Brianna agrees to go to the party because she sits down with her Aunt Jocasta and Aunt Jocasta tells her a story about her father her and, her and her grandmother and uh, she says you know talking can be a good tonic if you're feeling low if you're feeling depressed just to pass the time because you know you're spending a lot of time on your own and she they bond, Jocasta and Brianna, yeah. be got bond because of this conversation, and then that's when Brianna relents and says, you're right, conversation is good for the soul, why not, I'll go to this dinner. Yep. And the, before the dinner happens, we have a scene with Marceline and Myrta. We just see a bit of Marceline Fergus and Myrta this time. So Mar Marceline's, I, I think it shows her metal, she kind of wakes up Myrta, basically goes to But him. before that, we, so she does that for what reason? Oh yeah, because Fergus can't get any work. Fergus can't get any work because he's only got one hand. And they don't think of him as a, as a proper man. So he's getting very depressed. You know, you think it's disabled now. I mean, back yeah. in the 18th century, you, were, you weren't a whole man if you had any kind of injury. So, so. And of course, Jamie <coughs> doesn't treat him like that, but you know, everyone else, no one else is it's like Jamie. So she decides, no like she decides to boost his ego by getting Murta to ask him to fight with him. And Murta's going, but he's only got one hand. She goes, yes, I know. Now you know why I'm asking. And then she also tells him off for leaving his boots on the blankets, which I thought was quite funny. She's got she's got a lot of metal, I think, this Marceline, isn't she? She's Yeah. She's quite a strong-willed woman. I mean, all the women in Jamie's life are strong-willed. Given that know. she's probably about 16. Yeah. And Murta's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. So that that's what interspersed. And then we have the party where it's basically meat market wait a second so Murta does ask Fergus will you join the militia and Fergus and goes. Fergus says I can't because I might my, 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 my he, he, Fergus is delighted to be asked so it really boosts his ego yeah 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 so he's like oh you think of me as that you think of me as a as a as a, as a soldier you think of me as a man that could do that he turns it down he says my my role is to be with my daughter and my wife Sorry. and Marsley overhears and she is over the moon yeah and also because you know if Murta asked he, he won't imagine that his wife has set it up he would think that Murta would only ask if he really wanted it because Murta is that kind of direct. also Murta knows deep down that Fergus is brave yeah, yeah, and, and, and you know, loyal. And loyal. So it would be a good, you know. And he did find them in the woods. To be he? fair, I think Mirza probably didn't ask him because it's like, you're probably going to die and you've got a wife and kids to look yeah, after. That's so, true. you know. Anyway, so anyway, that all. Oh, so, so, so Fergus is. So in that scene, all we see is that Fergus, I'm sure this becomes important later, we see that he now has a. This has really boosted his ego. He now feels like more of a man. He and we see the relationship with Marcelli and Fergus. It's quite a nice little bit of business that they're very, you know, very supportive of each other, very much in love. So that's. Yes, so it's, a nice so, bit of it's a nice bit of business. Cut to the meat market, which is basically what it is. It's a meat market, and Brianna is the piece of meat. And I have to say, given the uh, options she's got, 
perhaps being a social art cast might be an advantage. Or a lesbian. Be, yeah, <laughs> they didn't exist in the 80s. Century. Just be a lesbo. Well, you'd just be a spinster, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God knows, I would have been just a mad old spinster. <laughs> <laughs> I am a mad old spinster. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not a spinster, Maureen. Um, you're you're very much a woman with your own agency. <laughs> whereas spinsters always felt like they didn't have any, but maybe they did. I mean, there's choice, isn't there? There's choice in not in choosing not to marry. Um, and uh, anyway, so Brianna is- Brianna's choices are limited. One of her choices is a Hobbit, <laughs> Billy Boyd, <laughs> who was who was in the Lord he's, of the Rings. He's actually very good, Mister Forbes. I mean, a very unlikable character, but he does play very well. One is a judge. Ugh, he's revolting. A judge who who's we suspect swings for the other side. Um, well, we don't immediately, but, but we, we do find out later. Well, 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 there are signs along the way, but at that point, we don't know anything. Uh, and then there's this other, and guy. then that disgusting so bloke who, who was who was uh, earlier was after Andrew Caster. But, no. but I thought Andrew Caster's a bit of a cow. This absolute cretin who's been after her. She's like, oh, I'll set him up with Brianna. Anyway, so all these disgusting men think know that they've been invited. They know they've been invited uh, to check out this Brianna bird. So Brianna is does her entrance. So they, they get all the men around the table, and then she's invited to come down. She swoops down the staircase as they do in these sorts of programs, uh, and uh, we see her, her red hair cascading down her shoulders, and she's just a sight for sore eyes. And all the men get semi erections. I mean, the I second mean, it they is, see her, they're yeah, like, yeah. "Holy macaroni! This woman is a goddess." And you can see now that they're all jostling, apart from. The judge. judge. <laughs> uh, they're all jostling for her attention. And what the, 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 the final person that we see that has been invited... It is. Who is it, Jen? Lady Jane Grey. <laughs> yes, I love David Berry. As Lady, Lady Jane, Jane Grey. Grey. And it, we feel all the better. And actually, in that, in amongst, you know, we, you forget because Lady Jane Grey, you know, is, we know, a gay bot. And in love with Jamie. So when we see Lady Jane Grey with Jamie, we don't, he's sort of not, he doesn't seem like a sexual being in, in terms of, as a woman, you don't look at him and you think, oh, he's the guy that fancies Jamie. But then when you see him on his own, he's very charming, yes. he's super handsome. Rich. He's very rich, but he's also, um, uh, you know, very attentive. Yeah. You know, you think, gosh, this, this chap would be a great catch. So immediately Brianna, she's like, when she's looking around the table and sees I mean, what's on offer... She immediately thinks Lady Jane Grey is the one I'm going to go for. So basically, they have this dinner scene where they have this really cat-handed way of. of oh, it's spice. so embarrassing! It's so Whoever came up with it is a really cat-handed way of doing it because they had obviously had a minimum amount of time. But they play this so-called psychological game where, uh, anyway, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it's also that you know one of the guys is gay, which David, uh, Lord Lord John, has already spotted this. Anyway. So wait a second. There is so what you see on the table is Lady Jane Grey clocks. This judge, you know, like his gaydar is constantly yeah. spinning around. He's constantly checking out guys to see if anyone's a gay bot. This judge is clearly like, looks, sees Lady Jane Grey and thinks, flipping out, you're hot. They, he looks at Lady Jane Grey. Lady Jane Grey catches his eye and then gives him the eyebrow. And then you think, oi, oi, something's afoot there. And obviously there is, but not immediately because, you know. So, uh, and Brianna... <laughs> Oh my God. Brianna faints then she won't. No, no, but let's do. We, okay, go on. Come on, okay, we've got to. Talking. We have to talk about this stupid thing that Brianna Oh, this stupid does. game. So Brianna is given the opportunity to do this game, and I think she does it because, in her own way, I know about psychology and this will really help me understand people a bit better. So she asks everybody to close their eyes, imagine that they're an animal, and imagine that they're walking with someone. Yes, walking with somebody, and then they come and, across an animal. And then the animal that they come across. Okay, <clears throat> very sort of, oh my God. It's like a parlour game, really. So the the first person she asks is the judge. She says to the judge, you know, who were you walking with and what animal did you meet? Yeah. And he says, Jesus I, Christ. I was walking with Christ. I mean, for the, for the love of Christ. And I bumped into a squirrel. So from that, she did Brianna that. deduces, right, well, uh, if you're walking with Christ, that suggests that you carry a lot of, uh, is it guilt? Yeah. Or, or um, not you have guilt. secrets. You have secrets. You carry a lot of guilt, and the squirrel means that you're hiding something. So, 
you're hiding something from everyone, including, and his mum is at the table, and she says, I know my son, he's not hiding anything. I know everything about him. And she says, well, that's what that means. You, There's something that you are not telling anyone that you're hiding. It's clearly he's a bender, right? So he's in the closet. That's what he's hiding. Lady Jane Grey is like delighted by this. She's like, hmm, darling, I spotted it as well. Anyway, then uh, the Hobbit says, I want to tell you my where, what animal I am and who I am and who I was walking with. Brianna's like, no way, dude, you're a creepoid. So she asks Lady Jane Grey. Mm -hmm. And Lady Jane Grey says, doesn't say, oh, your father. And what animal did you meet? A squirrel. No, it wasn't a squirrel. Oh, no, he doesn't mention, he doesn't mention the animal because... Um... Something happens. Something happens. It gets interrupted. But anyway, we find out that much that Brianna finds out that it, she's, and she thinks that's weird. Why would it be my father? And she almost says that. Why is it your father? Well, your father and I were very close uh, and uh, too close, Lady Jane Grey. Anyway, something happens. I can't even bloody remember. The whole dinner is interrupted. Um, uh, the Hobbit tries to uh, get uh, to get Brianna on her own and say, maybe we could go for a walk in the park, in the gardens and I could tell you about my animal and who I want to walk with. Brianna's like, Jesus wept. No thanks, pretends to faint, and then what happens? Well, oh, already zoned out. No, no, well, this is bloody Lizzie Wimis. Wimis right. Holy mother of Christ. Right, so Lord John takes uh, Brianna to the parlour, and then Lizzie, I can't keep my mouth shut, Wimis goes, oh, you fainted, and in your condition too. I mean, how, this is the greatest mystery of Outlander. Why didn't Brianna throw her overboard on ship? Because she just puts her foot in it all the time. Because now she's admitted in front of Lord John that Brianna's, that Brianna's pregnant. You know, nobody knew. And then she's like, and, and, and Brianna doesn't even get upset with her. She just goes, oh, I roll. Okay, Lizzie, <laughs> thanks, love. Could just, you just could go you, out of the bedrooms or something? Could you just bog off, love? Just literally shut up. And Lizzie, can, you can see after she said it, she's like, oh, no, I've done it again. Anyway, off she goes. So Lady Jane Grey now knows that Brianna is with child. And then what happens, Maureen? They, uh, Lord John... Uh, says, oh, you know, you're with child, what's happened to your husband? She goes, oh, we were hand-fasted. Oh, this is what the great thing, she goes, um, yeah, I'm pregnant, I was hand-fasted. My father sent my, uh, sent my beloved off as a slave to the Mohawks. And he doesn't, he's got a stiff British upper lip, it doesn't seem to phrase him at all, does it, when she tells him this? No, no. So, basically, in this conversation, uh, Brianna tells Lady Jane Grey that she um, isn't married, uh, the man that she is uh, hand-fasted to has been sold into slavery. He may not be the father of the child because she was uh, raped. No, that, that comes later. She doesn't tell him at that point. Yeah, but it all comes out eventually. Uh, and uh, and it, like at no point does he sort of. I suppose no, the, the, bit, the bit comes that bit about the, the assault comes later, but he just doesn't seem to say anything. And then Brianna basically says, "Look." No, he doesn't say anything then. Then they go to bed. Oh, you know, yeah, because you know, I just remembered. Oh, Maureen, we're getting it all upside down. down. You know the table, you know, by her and, and, and Lord John, suddenly it stopped at the, at the dinner table because she goes, your dad is an honourable man. He wouldn't tell me anything that he told me. Although he admits that he, Jamie said he's going to come to River Run to look after her. He goes, he wouldn't tell me anything that he doesn't want me to know that you wouldn't want me to know. He's an honourable man. She goes, don't you tell me about my dad, father's honour. Don't talk to me about my father's honour. Right. And yeah. then he's obviously a bit... Like Missed. taken aback about yeah. it because it's Jamie. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he gives. God, we're, this we're really this bit. Is oh, we really, watched it last night. I mean, literally, we're really spending, struggling, struggling to flip and get this bit out. Anyway, Brianna, Brianna gives Brianna a letter that Jamie's oh, given him. But Brianna doesn't open it, and then they go to oh, bed. God, yeah. he gives her a letter. Brianna doesn't open the freaking letter. Honestly, I just. It, yeah, she's a bit like Claire. In this she's box. so annoying. I mean, you would at least go, right, well, let's just see what he has to say. But she's so cross with her father, she she's won't not open the read bloody the letter. letter. Anyway, she goes to bed, but she can't sleep because it's obviously on her mind. She goes downstairs, she hears a bump in the noise. What is the bump, Jane? What is the bump? Well, I mean, it's Lady Jane Grey and the, ju the judge going at it. In the kitchen. But <laughs> with all the best will in the world, I mean, that is the weirdest... Place to have sex? One, it's the weirdest place to have sex. But the weirdest looking sex, it seemed like he was just sort of gently rubbing up against him. Um, <laughs> as opposed to really, you know. Anyway, Lady Jane Grey is uh, <clears throat> having sex with the judge in... You know, I mean, I think if they're going to show it, make it at least look fun. Neither of them seem to be enjoying it. <laughs> seem to be like homework or something. I don't know. That's, Any, what, that's, that's what gay sex is like. Yeah, well, perhaps it's just two men just just rubbing up against each other with angry faces. I mean, oh, I've just come onto that. With my, oh. <laughs> I just, that just came onto my... I mean, look at it. We're just looking at it now and it's like, very 
on my Kindle. It, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really no. look. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I imagine it's more fun than that. So <laughs> <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope so. Anyway, um, um, there's so much of it going on. You imagine it is now. Anyway, in, in the meantime, uh, Murta has found Bonnet. Um, they kind of hit Murta hits him over the head. I, I think they're going to kill off Murta. I'm getting very worried now. So Murta gets uh, captured. Murta's found Bonnet, and the, he's found Bonnet. Had, we've kind of gelled, skipped over. Yeah, here, that but, bit. but anyway, they found Bonnet. They found Stephen Bonnet. It's not hard. And while they're kind of taking him away, two guys who must be officials. They're not redcoats, but they've, they've got guns. They discover it. Uh, Murta makes sure that with Fergus. Murta punches Fergus. And make out he's not one of his accomplices. And says, "Get out of here." Um, and they go, "Look, this is Stephen Bonnet." And they go, "Oh yeah, it's the murderer." But we know you as well because he's. His face is everywhere. Well. So what we also haven't mentioned is that Murta's face is being displayed everywhere as the leader of the militia and he's, he's basically a wanted man. So. They take away Murta. So they well. take away Murta. Now, there's also a scene with Claire and J- Jamie where they get back together. Yeah, we haven't got there yet. We haven't got there yet. Okay. Oh, right. Because right. first of all, we've got to do the marriage it's proposal. It's on, isn't it? Marriage proposal. Oh my gosh. Because like, she's her mother's daughter, isn't she? And her father's daughter, uh, Brianna, because like her dad and mum, when faced with adversity, they come up with a plan. So she wakes up the next morning, if that's not bad enough, to find out Mr. Forbes is there to marry her. I mean, it's very, it's all ridiculously quick. I mean, they only met last night. Tw- 24 hours earlier, <laughs> she met a man. Less than 24 hours. Less than 24 hours, literally 12 hours earlier. Then he, she wakes up in the morning to hear her aunt say, well, you're going to have to marry someone. So, and he's here, by And he's here, and uh, you, this... You literally cannot have this baby and, and not be married because what you're doing is you're condemning that baby to a life of misery because it will, that child will always be an outcast no matter what you do. So if you love this child, you have to get married. And now Brianna is in a situation where, I mean, she must be thinking, fuck, I wish I'd never left Boston because now she's trapped in the 18th century. She's going to have to marry a man she doesn't even like. Who used um, to be a hobbit. To have a baby that may not even be Roger's. From the man that she was raped by. I mean, dear God. So, like, poor kid. Anyway. So she decides on a plan. She's very stoic. And and fair play to her. She gets... She says, right, okay. She finds Lady Jane Grey. And she says, give me... She gets... Basically, she tells Lizzie... Uh, was it Phaedra? No, she tells Lizzie, uh, can get L- Lady Jane Grey and be discreet. Both me and Jen were going, well, that's not going to happen. And basically tell Aunt Jocasta that I've just gone for a walk, but I'll be down sh- uh, in an hour. In an hour or so. So Brianna finds Lady Jane Grey. They meet. They talk. She says to him, I want you to marry me. You don't have to. We don't have to love each other. There definitely doesn't have to be any sexy, sexy time. You can go back to Virginia and I'll live wherever, but we just need to get married so I can have this baby. And Lady Jane Grey is like, are you out of your freaking mind? I can't marry you. Apart from anything else, your father would not be up for this. And um, also, um, no thank you. And she's like, well, may I just say, I saw you bumming the judge last night, so if you don't marry me, I'll tell everyone that you're a bummer. And he's that's like, a major crime. And he's sense. like, well, if you did that, you'd, you'd ruin my life. Ruin my life. If you'd ruin my reputation and that of my family and she's like well then you better marry me and oh I'll tell Jamie and he's like well how, what tell makes, Jamie what makes you think Jamie doesn't, doesn't know? know well I'll tell my mum what makes you think your mum doesn't know your mum's a very intuitive woman and she's like oh god um, and she kind of backtracks and goes oh god alright fine I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it anyway so she says look I wasn't going to do it anyway but by the way uh, the reason I'm, I'm in a terrible situation, blah, blah, blah. And he says, look, there's something else you're not telling me. And she says, yes, with a tear rolling down her cheek. I was violated. I was violated. So she tells him, doesn't say who it was, but that was violated. And then the conversation kind of ends. No, but then he also encourages, was that later? Oh, I'm no, 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 no. Just, let's just get to the end of this bit. For oh, right. But then, yeah, then he encourages, later on he encourages when they, oh, but that's it because, but you know, I can't marry you. So she goes in to marry Forbes because she decides, you know, she's got a choice between her heart, which is the hope that her and the hope, which is or her the and Roger, the heart or, or the, the broken heart, which is marrying the Hobbit. She says, well, for the sake of my child, I've got to go marry the Hobbit. So she goes to go marry the Hobbit, but at the last minute, what happens, Jen? Lady Jen Grey storms in and goes, oh, Brianna, have you told everyone our news? Our wonderful news of my proposal sort of thing. Oh, and then Brenna goes, oh, yes, Lady Jane Grey and I are to be married. Dun, dun, dun. So Lady Jane Grey saves the day, as, as she should. should. Also, there's a little bit of chit-chat where she kind of says, you know, I can't remember, there's something she says to him before he agrees to be, before I think that's that. afterwards when they're on the veranda. No, the stuff about, no, no, no. The stuff about uh, husbandly duties is before. Oh, yes, it's before, because, yeah, he goes out. She goes, 
Uh, what does she say to him? She goes, she go, he, goes, he says something, I can't remember, she goes, you know, I've, I've got a good mind to take you up on your off and show you uh, not to play with fire. And then she she kind of realises from that that he's made in and out, which I didn't get, that he means having sex with her. She goes, oh, so you do it with women as well? And he goes, I can perform my husbandly duties. Perform my husbandly I mean, I would give him one over. He's a perfectly decent looking chap. Anyway, so... Um, <clears throat> back in the We're back in the forest now, and Claire... Oh, God. Claire, Jamie and Ian stumble upon the body of the dead prisoner that's been, obviously been... Um, been there a while, while because there's no flesh on it. So the body, I mean, like, a body takes a while to decompose. This is literally a skeleton. So God only knows how long that they've been. But obviously we've got no real idea of time. We've got no idea of how time... Anyway. But anyway, Claire says, looks at a bone and goes, oh, it must have been a month. <laughs> All right, Claire. <laughs> she's, she's a freaking pathologist as well. So... Um, Anyway, they realise that it may be that if this chap is dead, Roger might be dead. But they also take heart that if he's dead, they haven't found the body of Roger. Roger, they have to assume that he's still alive. And Jamie is completely devastated. Like, he's the, the reality of the situation is yeah, he it's hit him. And Ian is really upset because he can see that Claire is upset and that James is upset. So he goes to Claire and he says, James is upset. Could you not just get sort each other out and be nice to one another because I hate to see you both so sad. Yeah. And Claire's like, well, I, mean, I am not, I'm not cross with Jamie. And he's like, well, could you tell him? Yes. Tell your face. Tell your face, Claire, because it's been three months and you've not had sex, which is pretty, pretty bloody unusual. weird. So don't worry, that doesn't last long. <laughs> so before we get to the sex scene, we get, we have a flashback to, uh, what's his name, Lord John and Brianna, we're on the veranda and Lord John um, explains that he's got a son. And Brianna, in a bit of dramatic irony, Brianna goes, well, if he's anything like his father, he'll be a gentleman. And then Lord John wistfully goes, yes, he's very like his father. He's very like his father. But not really, Brianna, of course, doesn't realise that the father in question is her own father, Jamie. But she does, but he does reveal that he's not the father by blood. Yes, and that he loves that child. And he goes, I'm sure Roger will feel the same if that's the case. Yes, and he says that that's which I thought was really sweet. He's very. I really, I really like Lord John. There's, there's moves afoot of him having his own series. I do really like him. He's a very nice. I think he's a great character. He's a great character. I mean, literally, I would marry him. Uh, you know, in the fact that he's gay and I'm gay, and it would be the wrong kind of sex, gay sex, but it would also mean that we'd never have to have sex. We'd just have a lovely games of chess <laughs> on the veranda. So anyway, and this, this kind of should be the perfect relationship. <laughs> he um. But it kind of talking to him has made her kind of be more open, I think, to forgiving uh, Jamie, and so she opens the letter. But we don't see how we don't see, we don't see what's in the letter. But we see that she's finally bloody well opened it. Jesus. And Christ. then talking of Jamie, uh, Jamie and Claire, they're in this rather big tent. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a marquee, <laughs> isn't it? No, it's like one of those um. Those posh tents you get on if you go glamping. glamping. It's like a glamping tent. What are they called? Oh, don't look. Don't look at me. I'm anyway, it's like a yurt or something like that. Anyway, it's, they're it's, in this. It's it's huge. Huge tent, circus tent. As opposed to a sort of bivouac, which is what they probably be in. <laughs> We've got to get the cameras in. So anyway, um, Claire makes amends. She kind of makes the first step, um, and then you feel realise and, and, and upsetting and hurt Jamie's. Yeah. And, and this is very vulnerable. He does show his vulnerability, which is obviously one of the reasons why you love him so much. But he's like, but I thought I thought you were really angry with me. She goes, no, I was angry with everyone. Um, well, I mean, yeah, but Claire, I mean, <laughs> love, with the best will in the world, if you don't speak to someone for three months, that is a sign that you're not, <laughs> you're not, that you're cross with them. Even I know that. And I, sometimes signals do pass me by. And as for Maureen, they literally shoot over her head. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even we got that. We were like, mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then she admits that you know because now you know when I get, I know I, I said I was going to tell you everything, but now with Brianna, obviously, I, you know, I love her as much as I love and you. you need to know that I won't always tell you everything yeah, yeah, because of Brianna, and you know, it's, it's kind of changed the dynamics of the relationship. And he's very understanding of that. Of course, he is. He's Jamie. Jamie. And then he goes, you know, I, 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 I don't think I can ever be a father to her. And she's like, would oh, that be stupid? She goes, yeah, but. You know, he thinks she thinks he's the better man, and I was going to th or Frank is the better man, and I begin to think you think so too. And it's kind of ironic. You've got Jamie now jealous of Frank because he admits he's jealous of a dead man, and Frank was always ja jealous of Jamie, isn't it? So it's a kind of a and Claire's um, always on top, <laughs> literally, literally on top, one or the other. So anyway, not to worry. They make up and they have good old fashioned sex, sex in a marquee in the middle of. Yes. Somewhere between North Carolina and New York. Actually. No matter how big the tent is, Ian's not there for some reason. I don't. No, they don't share a tent. Ian's got his own tent. 
<laughs> Even though it's Except really when mess- you see them walking, they're never carrying anything. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I love the way that Claire always looks like she's a model. She's wearing like a little red jacket. And a, she had like a big bandana. Of ban- bandana and a, a belt around her. I mean, she looks, no middle-aged spread, I mean. Oh, she's like, lovely. she looks Flipping fantastic. So it was a nice, that was a nice little scene because you saw Jamie's vulnerability and blah, blah, blah. Because, um, you know, obviously the worst thing he wants is his daughter to be uh, angry with him. And then Roger, we're back with Roger. Roger has arrived at the village. So we now know it's been two months. Oh, God, I forgot. Poor Roger. We've forgotten about Roger. Poor, I mean. So Roger actually looks in quite good nick. But, yeah, because he's got Considering he's been walking for about three or four months, God knows how long, in those trousers. He's in new trousers now. Thank God for that. Um, he arrives um, at the Mohawk camp and he is literally now shitting himself because all the men come out. There are no women. You do see some women, but the, it's the men that line up and he's got to run the gauntlet. He the, doesn't realise this. He does, he's got to run the gauntlet and the gauntlet is basically every man gets a chance to punch him. But they seem, Hit him. They seem to be almost... I don't... I mean, I might have got this completely wrong, but they, they seem to be um, like... If, I think if he manages to run this gauntlet, they might accept him. Into the tribe, Because yeah. the fact that he's been made to run through the gauntlet means... And he's not... I don't know. There seems to be a signal Yeah, because when he stands up, when he stands <laughs> up again, they all cheer, don't they? Yeah, I, it seems to be like the men are like, let's see what the metal of this guy is. And if he manages to run the gauntlet, then I reckon he'll become one of the Mohawk. But if he doesn't manage to run the gauntlet, they'll either kill him or, use, or, or sell him or do something to him. So... Uh, uh, and I don't think Roger knows this. He hasn't figured no, it out. No, no. Well, you wouldn't, would you? Because he didn't even know. He was, he was like, what is this? Because all, all he just sees is the guys lining up. So they get, they're all kicking him. He goes down and everyone is quiet. So you think they're like, oh. He gets up. They cheer. And you think, oh, they, 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 they're like, you know, but then, then, well done, mate. And then another guy just, just lamps him. Punches him. Punches him out. I mean, I mean, poor Roger. He has had a Roger. really rubbish time. Honestly, is Brianna worth it? He's like, one oh. night of... Sex with a virgin, which isn't going to be that much fun anyway. And that's the only bit of luck he's had. Well, he had a great time, Maureen, and he said he said as much. Not the only person that probably wouldn't have been having much fun is the is Brianna. Anyway, as was just the think, case when she was like, "Was that good?" Well, if you don't know love, probably not. So anyway, so that's, that's the it. end of that. Episode. So what do you think? Well, you I think? think we dragged that out to the point of. Oh my like, god, we've almost done it. <laughs> she, I mean, there's no way anyone got to the end of this episode, Maureen. <laughs> Even I'm losing the world to live. <laughs> Oh my days! That just—that was a lot of story. So painful. That was a lot of story. It was in there. too much. It was too much exposition. Too much story. Anyway, and it also um, didn't help. We couldn't remember what happened when. But apart from that, apart from that, uh, well, you know, I, th- that last episode, I thought just as I thought, okay, this is getting interesting, was when Roger, which was the last minute and a half of that episode. <laughs> so I think the next episode is going to be very exciting. And um, I think the, 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 the series will end on a cliffhanger, won't it? We know that. Yeah, hopefully. And then we'll have to do it all over a bloody again next year. <laughs> so, uh, all something I for see, you, something for Jen to look I forward to. don't see an end in sight, and that's all I can think of when it comes to Outlanders. <laughs> Is there an end in sight? No. No, no. And then on that cheerful note... Oh, God. Well, um, Maureen and I are off to Antwerp tomorrow. Yes. So that's news. We did panic a bit and thought it was this morning, but it's lucky no, it was next morning. No, you I panicked, Maureen. I didn't. I don't have the energy to panic. Um, anyway, so that's next it. Week. You'll hear from us next week. You'll hear from us next week, post-Antwerp, where we'll have loads of Belgian stories. <laughs> it's, it is in Belgium, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, just checking. Okay. Bye. Goodbye.